Welcome to another episode of On the Issues with Alain Ben-Mir. Today's guest is Anna Delelio, a sociologist and policy analyst whose research and publications focus on Kosovo, where she worked for years. In this episode, Alain and Anna discuss the Kosovo-Serbia conflict, what the background of the conflict is, what could potentially come out of the U.S.-brokered negotiations scheduled for later this week, and the prospect for both countries joining the European Union. You know, I've been I've been looking into the Kosovo-Serbian conflict for some time now, mm-hmm. but uh, I don't think there's anyone who knows more about Kosovo and the conflict than you do. So I want to thank you again for taking the time, and and uh, I think this would be an extremely useful podcast. But let me ask you first: the question is for those who are not very familiar with the conflict, if you can give me a little brief. What is the conflict is all about, and uh, we, and we can take it from there. All right. Well, um, I mean, the, what the conflict is about could requires a really long answer. I'll try to make it short. Um, yes. Fundamentally, um, Kosovo is a region that has been demographically. Uh, uh, in, in which Albanians have been demographically dominant uh, for for a long time, uh, but was annexed to uh, Yugoslavia through Serbia in 1945 when Yugoslavia yes. was was founded. Um, there have always been uh, uh, tension uh, between uh, Albanian and Serbs uh, even before that, but you know it, in Yugoslavia, um, which is. It's something fundamentally to do with the way uh, a central state, especially socialist state, is organized and, and recognizes or not minorities in a peripheral region. Kosovo has always been poor uh, and has been consistently run by a leadership of Serbs, although Serbs were only a minority uh, in Serbia until at least the 70s. You mean they were a minority in, in Kosovo? In Kosovo, yes. Yes. And uh, until the 70s, you know, and, and the relationship between Kosovo as a, uh, as a province of Serbia and Serbia as a republic of Yugoslavia have um, always been, you know, shifting also in relation to uh, a much broader issue, which was, you know, the history of Yugoslavia, the way Yugoslavia was organized and, and the capacity of a leader who was, you know, it was extraordinary in some way, uh, Marshal Tito, his capacity to, to keep together uh, different uh, republics with different nations uh, and different interests and different needs and different demands. Um, so in, in the 70s, let like, me you know, go kind of fast forward. In the 70s, a new constitution of Yugoslavia gave Kosovo the status of an autonomous uh, province in Serbia. So it gave basically Kosovo... Uh, much more latitude in choosing his own leadership. And obviously, the demographic dominance Albania finally got to uh, the leadership of Kosovo. Um, and all that uh, came to an end with Milosevic. So we all probably know the history of the fall of the Berlin Wall and the fall of socialism yeah, yeah. in the Eastern Bloc. And significantly, Yugoslavia under Milosevic, instead of moving toward Europe, moved in the opposite direction toward more centralization and more uh, you know, nationalism. The mix of nationalism and socialism was really explosive. And uh, Mirosevic decided to uh, uh, revoke the autonomy that Kosovo had enjoyed since uh, the 70s. 
and established a martial law in uh, Kosovo that for the entire period of the 90s uh, was really run with an iron fist by the central state, Serbian state, while um, Albanians um, opted out fundamentally the state and decided to uh, organize in a, some self-help you know, society. So there's, during the 90s, basically Serbia as a state ran Kosovo, police army ran Kosovo and, and, and all the state structure. And Albanians live in a, in a parallel society, which was self-organized and, and um, largely funded by the diaspora in Europe and in the United States. Uh, like an attention then, of course, the situation that couldn't last uh, longer came to a head when uh, an armed insurrection among Albanians was organized and started attacking police and army posts. And that was 1998. And uh, Milosevic decided to crush it in a very brutal way that, uh, of course, targeted mostly civilian uh, as beyond so the, the small groups that was, that, was, that was fighting. There is a, for people to understand, there is a really um, interesting uh, answer that Patty Ashdown uh, was a witness against Milosevic at The Hague. Um, great answer that he gives Milosevic. Milosevic said, I was just defending my people, uh, Serbs, in Kosovo from the attacks of uh, the KLA, the Kosovo Liberation Army, the Albanian Insurrectional yeah. Group. Uh, you did the same in, uh, in Ireland, <laughs> you, you British. And Paddy oh, Ashdown yeah. said, you know, Mr. Milosevic, if we did in Ireland uh, what you are doing in Kosovo, I will be sitting in your place. Um, so, you know, reject. So the, the, uh, the counterinsurgency of Milosevic really targeted, targeted civilians, and that uh, also came to a head in January uh, 1999, when after many attempts at negotiating peace, uh, the first the truce and peace uh, ended with uh, a, an internationally brokered uh, conference, Rambouillet, in France. And, uh, and on, that, uh, on that occasion, uh, the decision was made by NATO to intervene uh, militarily against Serbia to stop what the West, NATO and the West, mostly, you know, this intervention was led by the United States and Great Britain, uh, believed was going to be a repeat of Bosnia. Uh, yeah. so genocide or, you know, mass killing, uh, what happened in Bosnia was already preparing in Kosovo, so they decided to stop uh, what, what happened there. Um, the war was lost by Milosevic, of course, uh, but ended with a settlement, not really with a, with a defeat, but a peace settlement uh, in uh, June 1999. We are now, this is the 21st anniversary. Right. Um, yeah, and Kosovo was put sort of on hold um, and was not, um, was still formally under Serbia, but uh, was moved under a, an internationally uh, run administration um, right, right. Uh, by the UN. And that, that uh, ended in 2008 when uh, Kosovo declared independence. Independence was recognized immediately by the United States and the major Western countries. And then other recognition came through, but was never recognized by Serbia and most importantly, even by Russia. So Kosovo maintains, uh, it's sort of like it's, it's a rump republic. It's, it's a 
is, is a dependent state, uh, but not recognized by half of the members uh, of the UN. And Serbia has always maintained that Kosovo is part of, of Serbia. Now, I might have forgotten something, so if you want to ask me more questions, but no, in, I, I in think, broad lines, this is what it is. Yeah, I think that, no, that's very, very important for the listeners who are not really familiar with the conflict. And thank you so much for this uh, you know, review, which is very, very important. Now, I would like to take us to, to what's going on today. Nowadays, that is. Uh, the conflict obviously is continuing. Serbia continue to recognize, to refuse to recognize Kosovo. For, for many, the reason you mentioned, and some. So, if we reduce the conflict uh, to in order to manage it now, I see uh, three, four elements that need to be addressed. That is, the two parties, from my perspective, cannot reconcile unless they address a number of things. One is the historical perspective. And um, when I deal with conflict resolution, usually I look at it from historical perspective, psychological perspective, and socioeconomic and as, as, as far as and to the extent it's also the, the influence of the international community on the conflict itself. So now there's an effort by the United States to try to negotiate a settlement between the two sides. Where do you think, first, do you think this is going to lead to any kind of success? What would be, from your perspective, the main obstacles that is going to prevent uh, at least as far as we know today, both sides from reaching some kind of a solution whereby the Kosovo, Serbia end up recognizing um, Kosovo, given that Kosovo is a fact of, of life and so Serbia cannot change uh, unilaterally or even with other powers. So how, how, where do you see now the conflict moving forward? Okay, well, the short answer about this negotiation is I am not um, overly optimistic, and this is a euphemism. I, I really, I can't, I cannot see that anything will come out of this um, negotiation. Uh, yes, the, well, you call it there is a U.S. effort. Perhaps I, I might put it differently. Uh, this is uh, certainly a U.S. administration attempt at getting somewhere. The deal, the deal that. President Trump is always looking for anywhere in the world. Um, but it's uh, it's an attempt in a complete void of policy in not only in Europe, but in general in, in, in foreign policy for this administration. Um, I want to just, you, you mentioned so many things and they're very intriguing. Uh, look at the date. Uh, they have uh, convened the parties to Washington on June 27, which is exactly one day before June 28th, or Vidovda. This is the anniversary of the Battle of Kosovo, the famous medieval battle of 1389 against the Ottomans uh, that Serbs uh, believe is really the beginning of their, of their the origin of, of their life as a nation and as a glorious nation. It, that includes Kosovo. Do you yeah. think, do you think the, the selection of the date has anything to do with the actual event that is exactly the anniversary? Uh, you know, you never know, but this is a, uh, <laughs> this is one of those dates. You know, the the, the 28th of June was, uh, of course, the battle. Then uh, it was the uh, the date of the assassination of Archduke Ferdinand. So it was the uh, beginning of World War Two, World War One. Uh, uh, it was in '48. It was the day in which Stalin kicked Tito out of the Comintern. Uh, in 90. 
1998 was Milosevic really rise with this famous speech on the side of the battle in Kosovo. In 2001 uh, was the date of Milosevic arrest <laughs> when he was turned to. There is something so highly symbolic in this date. So uh, I don't know uh, if this is done on purpose, but it's so to announce some deal on the 28th of June, which I don't know how it's gonna how it's gonna uh, come about. Um, there is there is something that we need to consider. I mean, uh, uh, Serbia is not gonna give up on Kosovo. I can't believe it. Not this leadership. Uh, Vucic was the spokesperson for Milosevic, so you know this is not a new a new person. I hope that has nothing to do with the conflict. Um, he might be uh, in in a rush of uh, you know to do something because um, let's say Trump is defeated in November. We do all we all know that Joe Biden um, is a really really strong friend of Kosovo of, yes. of Albania. Yeah. Um, so uh, the any negotiation after after this would be would be much more difficult for uh, for Serbia. Um, it seems to be Vucic seems to be also kind of free, freer of making um, decisions because his election, parliamentary election in, in Serbia are on the 21st of June, so they're behind him. Uh, he has more of a free hand. Uh, but well, let's face it, I mean, from what we see, on the 24th of June, before coming here, he's going to go to Moscow. And he has already met Lavrov, and already from the meeting with Lavrov, we, we heard a uh, couple of statements that, that make us think, you know, uh, Lavrov reasserted the uh, legitimacy and legality of UN Resolution 1244 that recognizes the sovereignty of Serbia over Kosovo. Uh, and uh, uh, Vucic said flat out, I'm not going to bargain EU membership with Kosovo. We're not going to bargain Kosovo with, for the EU uh, membership. Um, so, I mean, it's really uh, now what the EU uh, seemingly, uh, you know, pushed out of this negotiation. It's really uh, the, the dialogue is between uh, the U.S. and and Russia, and I, I just, I mean, again, I I don't, I cannot see positive. That we don't even know what they're yeah. discussing. Uh, it seems like the the territorial swap. Um, you know, north, the northern Kosovo to Serbia is mostly inhabited by Serbia. It's exclusively inhabited by Serbs. Uh, we'll go to Serbia. Yeah. All right. Now, just before we go to perspective for the solution, if there is one, I, first of all, I mean, I, I definitely agree with you. I don't think this administration, Trump administration, is going to succeed. I mean, Trump is not known for having any successes in foreign policy. And I don't think this is going to be any any different. So the United States uh, most likely will fail. Uh, obviously, the EU, and from as I see it, has a role to play, specifically because both Serbia and Kosovo has a, expressed strong desire to become a member of the EU. Abe, do you agree with the premise? I know that Kosovo certainly would like to see that happening. To what extent do you feel that Serbia is also interested in that, and if they both are interested, wouldn't the EU have some kind of sway to be able to sit down and perhaps be more effective than the United States in trying to mitigate the conflict between the two sides? Uh, yes, I mean, uh, yes, you're totally right. Both uh, countries uh, want to be part of the EU. 
but but uh, Kosovo as a supplicant uh, basically. But but Serbia is in much better position because Serbia has always always plays the EU against Russia and vice versa. So it keeps this uh, position in, in in the middle. But they do want to get into Europe, but they don't want to give any concession to to Europe, and and that's that's something that uh, they always try to to pull out. Uh, but then. I, Go ahead, yeah. go ahead, sorry. No, I just don't see, I, I mean, it would be nice to have a leadership role of the EU uh, in this situation, but look at what the point men of the EU in this negotiation. One is a Slovak, Lajak, the special envoy. Slovakia doesn't recognize Kosovo. And the uh, high representative for foreign policy is Borrell Fontelis from Spain, another country that doesn't recognize Kosovo. So the two major point men of, of, of Europe don't seem to be... I mean, they will be honest brokers, I'm sure, but they don't seem to be honest brokers to, to Kosovo. And, and the EU is now, I mean, first was dominated by the issue of uh, migration. And now with yeah. the COVID, I, I, it's, it's just for me hard to see how they can take a leadership role. Yeah, but the, the, the thing is this, um, the EU have, a, have a made it conditional. That is, if you resolve your conflict, then uh, it is possible to begin a process of integration. I mean, that's the EU's position has been for a while. And notwithstanding the fact that their representative are not necessarily reflecting precisely the, the EU's ultimate objective, as you just indicated. But in reality, however, I mean, that, that if both sides were to reconcile, the likelihood they'll have, they'll be, they'll have a much better chance. Obviously, they're, they were told, if you do agree, then you, you can, we, will, we will begin a process of integration. Don't you think this would be enough incentive? After all, if Serbia wants to become a member of the EU, don't you think this would be enough incentive for Serbia to say, well, okay, we, we can sit down and negotiate? What, what is going to be the incentive for Serbia if that is not good enough, uh, integration with the EU? Would there be another, another kind of incentive for them to recognize Kosovo? Uh, and and um, you know agree. And now we're not going to talk about the details of the kind of peace between the two sides, whether it's territorial exchange uh, or other formula. We can talk about that. So so wait, do you, you, you so you don't feel that the EU has enough influence on cause on Serbia and entice Serbia to move forward with some kind of peaceful negotiation in order to become eligible. For membership in the EU. No, I must say that I'm still uh, pessimistic also about that. Uh, I do believe uh, what Serb, Serb politicians, Serb leaders say, they will never give up Kosovo. Uh, I do believe that. So uh, I, I don't see a path of recognition and I cannot see any other way of conducting any negotiation if recognition is, is not on the table um, because we, that, that would be impossible for Kosovo to uh, to see them in any negotiation when this is not uh, on the table, and and you must you know this is something that it, uh, when I described in great lines and broad lines so what what Kosovo uh, conflict uh, was about, there are certain things that people cannot forget and they have to keep on the table. There are still more than a thousand missing. Uh, on the Albanian side, there are about 400 on the on the Serbian side. There are uh, war reparations to be considered. Uh, this is part of the recognition process because 
Serbia has to acknowledge what it has done to Albanians in Kosovo. Maybe be, this is very close to my heart because I work on this uh, subject, but there are thousands mm -hmm. of victims of sexual violence uh, in Kosovo. These are victims of Serbian army, police, paramilitary, special forces, and there has been no sign of admitting and acknowledging what, what, what happened in Kosovo uh, during the war. That is part of a package of recognition. Recognition also is an admission of the responsibility of the state of Serbia in Kosovo for in the past, you know, for you know, but then, the next. But then uh, obviously uh, Kosovo is a reality, like I indicated earlier, that Serbia cannot really change unilaterally you know, by any, even with the support of Russia or otherwise. So especially, I mean, uh, Serbia is recognized by the over a hundred countries, and it is a fact of life, and, and that's going to be the case. Now, the, and what you mentioned, you know, the, the, the historic dimension of it is one major problem, exactly because of the atrocities that the Serbian committed against Kosovars over the last, uh, during the war. And, and to, this, to, to, to this day, there are many uh, conflicting issues that have not been resolved, uh, as you just indicated. Which means that from my perspective, there's a, need, uh, there's a need for a process of reconciliation. Is this on the table? Uh, are they, is the Serbian at a minimum, are willing to sit down and begin some kind of a dialogue in order to reconcile between the two sides? I, say, I agree with you that they recognize uh, Kosovo. Uh, does that, from your perspective, also is admission of wrongdoing from the past? Well, there is no indication that Serbia is ready to do so. Actually, they still uh, just recently, uh, uh, President Vucic said the massacre of Rachak, uh, this is a massacre of about 40, 45 civilians in uh, Kosovo in uh, June 1999, which was the massacre that's, that spurred Rambouillet, the, the negotiation and the intervention of NATO. Uh, Vucic said it was a fabrication. Uh, so it was not a fabrication. They, they, they continue, so the leadership of Serbia continues to spout propaganda and, and you know, false statements about facts that have been established by forensic experts that have been established for a long time. Um, on January 15 in Ratchak, a village of, you know, not too far from Pristina, 45 people were, were killed and it, their bodies have been um, examined. This was a massacre. He continues to deny that. And this is just one of the ordinary massacres that happened. So, but Serbia I'm sorry, Serbia continues to deny the atrocities that took place during the war and subsequent to that. Uh, I, mean, uh, to this, I mean, to this day, they continue to deny that they have committed such atrocities. Am they I right? Do. Yes, they continue to deny. They continue to deny. They continue to deny the, the sexual violence. They continue to deny, to deny the destruction. Um, you know, more than sixty percent of the housing stock was 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 destroyed. In, was burned. The houses were burned during a two months of war during NATO uh, intervention. Uh, there was no reason for that. That was not a fight against uh, 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 a fight against the, the KLA. There was a fight against civilians. It was a war against civilians. Look at the numbers right. of the dead, which have been established with certain uh, with, with, with accuracy. By by the way, a Belgrade-based NGO, the Humanitarian Law Centers, um, there have been more than ten thousand civ Albanian civilians civilians 
killed in two months. And right. there was no reason right. to do that. Yeah. Right. So, so, so other than the prospective incentive that Serbia might have, was, as I said, um, uh, indicated earlier in terms of integration with the EU, is there any other incentive that Serbia might have uh, other than that to, in order to bring it closer to re recognize a reality that really cannot be changed? That is, it cannot use force against Kosovo because the West, the EU, the United States, will intervene immediately. It cannot count on Russia, for that matter, to support any kind of military intervention, which means from the status quo, it's going to have to remain the way it is today uh, because for all intent and purposes, Serbia cannot change the status quo. So are they willing to live with the status quo almost indefinitely from your perspective? And what what's the cause of position in that regard? As long as it takes, they're going to, they're going to willing, they're willing to wait uh, and live with this frozen conflict. It doesn't damage uh, Serbia much. Yes, you know, there's a perspective of accession in, in the EU. Uh, it maybe is a problem. Uh, but if you hear all the speeches that any politician said, they say they're willing to wait also for 100 years. Mind you, there has been a negotiation on the Kosovo uh, conflict or the Kosovo status every 10 years. There was in the 90, in 1990, there was in 1999, there was negotiation in 2014. So every year there's a negotiation, nothing ever uh, comes out of that. Uh, they didn't, Serbia didn't back down when it was threatened by NATO of a military intervention that then happened. So I, I don't, I just, I can't see. I mean, maybe I am, you know, too pessimistic, but I can't see. So suppose, suppose you know, since most, many, most of the, uh, in fact, all of the EU countries recognize Kosovo, uh, what do you think about the possibility that the EU would say, well, we're going to start negotiation with Kosovo and turn integration, and eventually, you know, once Kosovo will live up to the various standards, social, economic, uh, the justice system and all of that, eliminating, let's say, corruption, and then become a legitimate candidate for the EU. Do you think that, the, that if the EU were to take that position and say, we are going to, since you cannot reconcile between the two, and it's not likely to happen anytime in the future, then we're going to begin a process of integration with Kosovo. What would that, uh, what kind of in, impact that you think that might have on Serbia, if any? And wouldn't you think this is going to change the dynamic to some extent, even in connection as, with, with the Russia itself? Well, in, in abstract, this is a possibility. I, I, I also cannot see this happen now. Uh, I, I don't see any appetite in the EU, within the EU for any enlargement. I mean, remember that Kosovo is the only country in the whole of Europe uh, that doesn't participate in the visa liberalization uh, program. So citizens from Kosovo cannot go uh, to Europe. <laughs> you can only go to Turkey and Albania still. Um, so the, it, it's a big leap of faith for me to believe that the EU might uh, promise some form of accession to, to, to Kosovo. It may happen, may happen, but uh, what, 10 years, 20 years? I don't know. Maybe not in my lifetime. Well, I mean, I, 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 I can see your pessimism and I'm sure for good reason because you've had extensive experience with, with this particular conflict. 
but you know, uh, I back my back. I'm, I'm, I come from a conflict resolution. To me, that's <laughs> that's what I try to do. I try to find any angle possible to try to reconcile, and I look at the, you know what's going on on the ground. What is the prospect for change? Uh, when that change might or might not happen. And apparently, if, I'd like to, to get your views on this. Apparently, there isn't enough at this point incentive on, on the part of Serbia to change its position. And it's coming ever closer to, 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 to Russia, which is not necessarily good, good for the EU. Do you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. But also, you know, it's there is Kosovo in Serbia, but there is the the international scene, and I am actually uh, full of admiration for you for your for maintaining optimism in any negotiation peace process. Mm-hmm. When I think about the Middle East, I mean, maybe I, I see Kosovo going in that direction. It can be something that can never be resolved, uh, but. Uh, or, or, or it will take years, uh, many decades. Uh, but uh, yes, I think it's very dangerous. But this is the situation in which we are. It may change because this is not what we were 10 years ago or, or 20 years or even 10 years ago. Uh, this is the relationship between uh, Russia and the EU and the US are very much influenced by the leaders that are now playing a role that... It's not very positive. So, do you do you do you see that in the last twenty years? Do you see any progress made in the in the nature of the conflict? Is it being is it easier now? Has any element of it been mitigated, or is it still basically stuck the way it was twenty years ago? Uh, but institutionally, it's stuck. But on the ground, you know, if you want to see, you know, I, I do know, for instance, that. Uh, uh, least Serbs who live inside, we do in Kosovo, uh, in the southern parts of Kosovo, have uh, taken Kosovo documents uh, to participate uh, in some fashion in the life of Kosovo, which is a, an implicit recognition, at least, you know, on the part of the people. Uh, there are exchanges, cultural exchanges, uh, and there is a... Well, there's also trade. Yeah, there is trade. Um, there is, you know, the travel has become less uh, less uh, difficult. I'm not sure that we really do uh, need an an, uh, an airline or, or rail ride, you know, uh, you know, railroad between Kosovo, uh, between Pristina and Belgrade. This is a, a distance that can, you know, in four hours by car or three and a half hours. If there is no problem at the border, you can you can reach uh, the capital, each other capital. So. So this is this a this good sign. I mean, it's not. A, there is actually no much ethnic animosity. Uh, it's all political. I mean, you can you can you can be in Pristina and and speak Serbian, and and it's no there is no issue. Uh, and and you can be you know we I, I've been to Belgrade with uh, with um, theater groups or uh, Albanian artists. Uh, they are they very well received until. Something happens. Something happens. It's always orchestrated and manipulated, and it's political. But otherwise, the the ethnic uh, animosity is not there. Yeah. Um, so so you know, we have been thinking in, in terms of um, that I mentioned to do to you earlier process of reconciliation. Uh, but from as you see it, even that is not taking place. Albeit on a day to day basis, there are some. Um, uh, you know, ongoing relationship, albeit it is more people to people than government to government. 
Is that how? Is that what it is today? Yeah, pe- people to people can happen. Yes, and, and it's happening. It is happening. Yes, but you know, this is old. You know, they were these relationships were there before. They were there before Milosevic. Uh, I cannot tell you how many people I talk to who uh, tell me the stories how they they used to you know talk to Serb uh, neighbors, uh, have a relationship with them, the kids playing together, and then one day they were told. We're not going to play with you anymore because you are Albanian. It just it just happened in one day. Uh, these are you know political decisions that are made by uh, by certain uh, actors, political actors, and they really uh, do change the, and, uh, the destiny of a country. And, you know. So, so but uh, as far as the so, you know um, uh, the the social setting that is. Um, the connection between, as I mentioned earlier, people to people. Uh, do you think, is there any kind of movement on, on both sides to try to bridge some of the guys, like exchanges of all, like uh, in the art, in in, um, in sport, in all of that? Is it happening nowadays or is it not happening? Oh, no, it's happening. It is happening. Uh, you know, the Helsinki Committee on Human Rights uh, in Belgrade organizes certain exchanges, cultural exchanges, especially youth people. The Youth Initiative, um, which is an organization that has branches in Belgrade and Pristina. The Chandra Multimedia, has a, uh, which is a theater and a cultural uh, center, uh, organizes poetry festival and, and literature festival that uh, exchange. Um, you know, artists. Uh, it's going on. This is this is the Mirdita Dobardan festival. This is Good Morning said in both languages. Every year happening in Belgrade, where uh, in Belgrade and in Pristina. So Albanian artists, so Kosovo artists, go to Belgrade uh, and vice versa. Yeah, let me so, let I mean, just go this, this It's been back, happening for a long time. Uh huh. Now, let me just go back to the political situation. And we know that um, uh, Russia uh, exerts a significant influence in Serbia. I mean, that, and, and uh, trying to lure Serbia toward Moscow rather than toward, the, you know, Brussels, obviously. So Russia can play a significant role if it chooses to, uh, to do so. Do you think the Russia, what, what is... Why the? I mean, I know why the Russia. Russia would like to to disint, to, to see the EU disintegrating rather than remaining a strong mm-hmm. unit, along of course with NATO. So Russia does not have any vested interest in putting any kind of pressure on Serbia to change its attitude, uh, and as, uh, that is a major factor. Do you see that also, of course, as a major factor at this at this juncture? Yes, and for reasons that are political, as you, you well said, and we understand, but also there are some very other deep reasons and uh, um, historical reasons. If you if you look at toward the end of Anna Karenina, uh, Vronsky is going to fight uh, to help his uh, uh, Serbian brothers. Um, <laughs> so uh, you know, there's always been a connection, which is through the Church, the Orthodox Church, and the Orthodox uh, theology. Uh, and, you know, it reminds me of, of this uh, famous sentence of Nikolaj Pasic, who was the great prime minister from the Radical Party in the 19th century. Uh, he said, you know, this is what Serbia is, God, people, and Russia. That tells you something. Uh, when you say, if I'm pessimistic or optimistic politically, I think one of the, uh, the, the opening that we saw 
if you know if you deal with Kosovo and Serbia for a long time, the opening that we saw for a negotiation was really with Prime Minister Jinjic, who was in fact assassinated in 2003. It was the only one that was moving in in the direction clearly moving in that in that direction. Yeah, let me let me ask you this. And given given what we are you just mentioned are the two exchanges between the two sides on social economic uh, level between the peoples as people. And the, going back at least uh, uh, last 12 years, since 15 years, since Kosovo declared its independence. What is the prospect in this case, since Serbia is not prepared to recognize Kosovo as such? What's the prospect, say, of having some kind of federate, confederation between the two sides where both basically can have the cake and eat it? That is, Kosovo remain pretty much independent. Uh, and, and under this kind of a, a, an agreement that is a federation of sort between the two sides. Do you see that as a possibility? No, that's a, that sentence of every uh, Kosovo politician. You can't, you can't have it, no. Why, why is that? Uh, well, because, um, well, f- well, first of all, We'll go back to you know, Kosovo, uh, Serbia will have to recognize uh, the uh, in, independence of Kosovo. So I, I don't see how a confederation would will help anyone. Uh, but um, there will be there is no no chance that uh, the public opinion, the Kosovo public opinion, will uh, recognize any uh, form of unity, even in a in a confederate loose form. Uh, with Serbia, that opportunity was lost in 1989. You mm-hmm. know that was lost then. There was no, there is no, no more possibility. Even even as uh, Albanian leadership uh, in 1990 were pursuing the, the idea of a republic of Kosovo, mind you, Yugoslavia was still existed, still existed in 1990. Uh, they were pursuing the the option of a republic within Yugoslavia. With the dissolution of Yugoslavia and then what what happened, uh, what happened later, there is no chance. I mean, I can. There's no chance in a million. So now, and uh, given given say the the Serbian uh, territorial claims, and now we know that many Serbians live in Kosovo, especially in the north, where it holds a huge area. Uh, what what do you think about the possibility? Say instead of establishing. Uh, hard, you know, border. There'll be only a political border between the two sides. And since there is inter- interconnection between the, between them, they can go from one side to the next. The poli- is only a political border. And and uh, <clears throat> without necessarily having any, any terror, ter- without any territorial exchanges, and, and specifically because Serbians do live in Kosovo uh, and, and, uh, and very much... You know, along along the borders with 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 Serbia, and so instead of having a hard line, hard border, maybe a so so only political border between the two sides. Would that uh, satisfy, to some extent, from your perspective, the Serbian, if this were to be a sort of open-ended? It's a it's a because it was an independent, but there's no no hard border between the two sides, and they will continue basically to cooperate to trade. To exchange, to, to visit, you know, mutual visitation, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. maintaining almost normalcy. Uh, do you see the Serbian might move in that possible direction? 
it's been a, a year that I haven't visited Kosovo, but I, I, I understand there is really no um, strong border uh, between uh, Kosovo and, and Serbia in the sense that uh, the northern part of Kosovo, uh, as I see it, is already uh, almost part of Serbia. Uh, you can still find people, they still use Serbian money. Um, it's just, it's, it's Serbia already. So, I mean, it's a good idea. It's already de facto the situation in Kosovo. There isn't a strong border. It's, it's very porous. So once you eliminate the issue of tariff that I think there's already, it's already been solved, um, there isn't much of an issue there. So, but that, uh, th- that fact that does not, doesn't change uh, the political uh, position of Serbia, regardless. That's what you are saying. Yes, it doesn't. So, so, so if we were to, you know, just look at this whole conflict again, and and you see basically no prospect of um, of Serbia changing its position, almost under any circumstances. Um, what would be the circumstance if there is any? From your perspective, that can change the political position, the position of the Serbia vis-à-vis Kosovo at this time, at that time. Well, it could be a very strong uh, stand taken by the EU that puts it this way: either you recognize Kosovo, or you will not be part of the EU. It's not going to happen because um, five states that are members of the EU do not recognize Kosovo. So it would be weird to ask uh, the new state, Serbia, uh, to do something that the states within the EU are not willing to do. But I think that only if this is stated clearly, that will be perhaps, that will be a possibility. But Serbia still, you know, gambles on the fact that can keep one foot in the EU and one foot on the Russian sphere and get both. Yeah, but but, but uh, to what, they haven't really succeeded much, and I mean they are coming much closer to Russia rather than closer to the EU. The way I see it, do you agree? Yes, yes, so, I agree. So of course the EU has two two major problems. One, of course, is that they do not want to enlarge enlarge at this you know at this point. Uh, uh, you know, there is opposition by the French and others. Who are saying that we have to slow down the enlargement of the EU? That's one problem. And the second problem is, of course, the five, six countries within the EU that still do not uh, recognize do not recognize Kosovo. And since the EU, any kind of decision has to be unanimous. So you have we have a problem that that is the EU itself need to do some homework before they they need to reach a unanimous consensus to invite uh, Kosovo to 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 join the EU. Wouldn't that be the, have to be the case? Absolutely. You need to also do its own uh, uh, house cleaning in order to be able to invite Kosovo to become a member of the EU. Absolutely. But, you know, I can't speak for the EU, but if you remember when France said we're not enlarging, they didn't mention Serbia, they mentioned, they mentioned Albania, they mentioned... Uh, but uh, let me... Maybe I know a little bit more Italy. I'm Italian, so I'm more, you know, contacts, I'll say, direct contacts with... Uh, also, Italy, uh, like which has recognized Kosovo, uh, has participated in the NATO intervention against Serbia, 
maintains a position that's much more friendly to Serbia than uh, than to Kosovo. And I think this is an assumption also that all the European countries make that in order to ensure the stability of, uh, of the Balkans, they need to appease Serbia. And they don't recognize themselves that actually the factor of the major factor of instability in the Balkans in the past 30 years now has been Serbia. So uh, in, 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 in this sense, I'm saying that, uh, yes, they have to do their homework, clean up their house, uh, but looking at, at the relationship between the EU, Serbia and Kosovo, I see them much more friendly to, um, toward uh, Serbia. So whatever negotiation is going to go on uh, is going to be what the night to, to what Serbia wants. It's also the, big, it, it's the biggest Great. market. I'm, I'm sorry, but it is the biggest market. There's a lot of interest, um, in commercial and economic interest between uh, the EU, I know for sure, Italy uh, and Serbia. It's a country of 9 million people. Kosovo is 2 million people. I want to ask you, again, in connection with you, do you feel that um, given the fact that Kosovo is predominantly Muslim, is it playing a role in terms of the relationship between the EU versus uh, Serbia and, and the relationship with Kosovo? That is, the fact that Kosovo is predominantly Muslim, there's not, uh, the EU is not as eager to, to facilitate the integration process. Yes, I think it's partly, it, in, in part that plays a role, uh, although it's clear, I think, pretty much to everyone that Kosovo is quite uh, secular and not only their, um, you know, Islam uh, is, uh, seems to be separated from the political sphere, uh, but most people have not set foot in a mosque in their entire life, which is... Mm-hmm. Which is extraordinary. Well, I mean, for uh, the facts say that, uh, proportionately speaking, more people volunteer to join ISIS from Kosovo than any other country. Does that signal anything? Does that say anything? As you see, I I don't know. I mean, uh, this is something that probably has to do more with what happened after the war. Uh, after 1999, after the end of the war. Uh, the, both Saudis and the Emirates uh, established a bigger presence in Kosovo than they ever had. You know, uh, even when Arab countries or Arab fighters uh, tried to uh, join the KLA and fight as Shahid uh, in, the, in the war, they were pushed out. It was with the relief effort that these other countries came into Kosovo and also uh, gave fellowships and, and basically formed, trained a new crop, a new generation of imams who are completely uh, different from the old, from the old guard, and much more militant. Um, so I don't see something that is, is kind of yes. Of course, these people, because of us, those who, who went to fight for ISIS. But the reason why they uh, they did it, I, it's only partly something to do with the fact that Kosovo is ninety nine percent Muslim. Yeah. Uh, one, one thing, you know, I just want to touch briefly on Turkey, because Turkey has been also playing uh, an important role. And uh, Erdogan, uh, you know, Islamization agenda uh, certainly is, uh, is, is in, in play just about everywhere. And he has been investing quite a bit in Kosovo, specifically building mosques, religious institutions, and he and definitely would like to see Kosovo fall into the uh, the the you know his scheme of reviving elements of the uh, Ottoman Empire. 
to what extent do you think this further distance is causable from the EU? Because Turkey's prospect of becoming a member of the EU is practically zero at this, at this point. <laughs> uh, does he have that kind of an agenda in Kosovo to pr- also to distance it from the EU? Well, okay, let me. Uh, I so I don't have any uh, special connection to uh, Erdogan, so I can't tell you. But I had this interesting experience uh, last year. A group of uh, visitors from uh, from Turkey uh, and from the ruling party asked to meet me because they wanted to talk about Kosovo. Uh, at NYU, and I, you know, I was interested, and I and I had an amazing conversation, in which all these young people, these were the youth, um, youth party, um, they all told me flat out uh, that the Kosovo is Turkey. <laughs> so we have like that's exactly the point. Yes, Serbia says the Kosovo is uh, is Serbia, and Turkey says uh, Kosovo uh, is Turkey. Something that offends a lot of a lot of Kosovars, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they have been okay. They um, Turkey is, is uh, the Turkish state is very present in Kosovo, with all sorts yeah. of uh, businesses, but also with their uh, welfare organizations. I know they distribute uh, meals for free to poor people during Ramadan. So for an entire month. Yeah. You can, yeah. So that's one thing. Uh, they have businesses like, uh, and, and don't you remember that there's a very large uh, Albania diaspora in Istanbul. These were, right. yeah, these were Albanians that were, you know, uh, called Turks, defined Turks by, by the Yugoslav. And many of them were either expelled or encouraged to go to Turkey. So I mean, this is a, the history of Kosovo is, is, is very complicated and, and it creates its own problems, of course. Yes, so there is, there is a policy of Turkey, I think I can, we can say yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, basically, you know, Kosovo is torn between uh, Turkey, the EU, and there's, of course, the, the conflict with, um, with uh, Serbia, and it does not have a, a great relation with, with uh, Russia e- either. So, so if we were to to try to end this, uh, and I'm grateful to you, this conversation, is there a positive note on which to, to end this discussion? From as you see, I know you're trying to make me say this, something positive, and I'm no, really no, I'm not. I'm trying. a positive. I'm a, po- <laughs> I'm a positive person in general, but no, not in, not in this case because Serbia has not gone through a process of lustration. It's the same Serbia that we had that with Milosevic that fought against the West, that committed atrocious crimes in Bosnia and in Kosovo, and. If that doesn't change, uh, I, I don't see. I really don't see any. And, and again, and, and also uh, because of the uh, international uh, scene with, with Russia uh, using anything it can to trouble both the U.S. and the EU. Right, right. Well, um, thank you so much. I really appreciate it for you to take the time. I think... I think uh, those who would listen to this podcast, I'm sure they learned quite a bit from what from your observation. Oh, Again, thank you. thank you so much. Thank uh, you for I, inviting. And I hope that we well, let's stay in touch. Yes. And I hope to get together with you once once this virus, non-virus, is <laughs> is is, is uh, disappears somehow. Absolutely. Thank you for uh, inviting me. And okay. all the best to you. Thank you for listening to this episode on the issues. You can find this podcast 
on my SoundCloud page and stay tuned to my social media accounts for the latest analysis and announcements.